me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 410. This is our weekly DCEU news. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Howdy, Jason. Hi. Oh, man. So um, I want to remind you guys up front that you can leave us a voicemail. We've, uh, we actually had a lot of voicemails up front um, when we first started doing this a few weeks ago. And now they've sort of tapered off, so I want to remind everyone again. I kind of tapered off of reminding everyone up front. So 205-259-6331 if you want to call and, I don't know, jump in and talk to us. and uh, We always uh, play them. Yeah, we always play them. And uh, I think um, I'm just going to go ahead, because we have a lot of DCEU news today. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right in. Shoot. I hope you guys don't mind that. Um First up on the old rumor mill, but from a usually pretty credible source, Umberto Gonzalez on Heroic Insider uh, says, A lot of people have been asking me, what's the next movie in 2018? I know for a fact that DC is trying to get three to four movies made a year going forward. I don't know if that's true. Sounds a little... um, I've seen it around. I've seen it around, but it it sounds ambitious, to say the least. Yeah, and it it sounds like one of those things where... uh a lot of executives and a lot of producers are talking to people mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily have any backing yet. Mm-hmm. Three to four sure. things are not being made per year until three to four things are greenlit that year and mm-hmm. happen to have mm-hmm. been the year after. It, mm-hmm. It's just, th- these things don't happen in the future. And you know, right now we only have one confirmed movie, that being Aquaman for 2018. Sure. Um, but, you know, we, we Suicide got Suicide Squad's covered. looking okay to at least start. But um, well, I think there's some evidence for other things. Uh, we we got this covered. Uh, real uh, the sorry uh, Eric Joseph over. We got this covered. Sorry, real Eric Joseph is his Twitter handle. Um, he wrote an article, and it's it's pretty interesting. His source is Amazon, and it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is interesting in, in the least, or uh, in the least at least. Um, <laughs> he was looking at the Amazon 2018 calendars, and he says he came across. What was being listed as Harley Quinn (parentheses movie), Gotham City Sirens (2018 wall calendar), and uh, it's a Trans International uh, calendar. I I have a, quite a few of them actually, and um, the front cover has Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. It says Harley Quinn, a 16-month 2018 calendar, and it has Margot Robbie in her Suicide Squad costume, but. Um, he believes that that is a that is placeholder artwork, because when he he looked at the synopsis, it said this: Suicide Squad favorite Harley Quinn joins DC Comics supervillains Catwoman and Poison Ivy in a movie of their own, Gotham City Sirens. Find out more in the movie, and in the 2018 Gotham City Sirens calendar that includes the last four months of 2017. It features spacious grids with room to write and all of your supervillainous exploits printed on paper certified by the Forest Stewardship Council. That sounds like an official thing. Uh, it's 
at least written concisely. Well, I mean, it's on Amazon, like, for pre-order. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting, though. Um, a spot of humor. Uh, so there was a <laughs> there was a fan on Twitter that promised to watch every movie that Larry Fong, the cinematographer uh, for BVS, uh, works on. And Fong <laughs> jokingly announced that he would be making a reboot of Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah. And then he posted, quote, early test footage of, like, the Teletubbies looking angry against a dark, cloudy background. <laughs> I, I thought it was cute. That's going to be great. I mean... It's not happening, Jason. No, I know. Just I, I just... I would like it to, in a way. I don't know. Sound like you were starting to get a little excited. That's going to be great. Can't wait to see what Tinky Winky's sack looks like this time. Sure. Absolutely. I, I just... <laughs> the thing I really want is blood soaking those costumes. Uh-huh. And at least two of them to die. And the other one right. to have betrayed the one surviving. Yeah. And I want about, I want 40 minutes of um, Teletubbies and that weird baby son destroying buildings. And then it stops and then they all go, play it again, play it again. And it goes back to their stomachs <laughs> and it plays the whole damn thing again. And the baby son laughs maniacally. Sure. I would, I would plunk down. 11 bucks to go see that. I'm just saying it'd be way better than what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Well, from the Teletubbies. Yeah. <laughs> Not the DCEU. <laughs> no, what, what, what we've seen from uh, me wandering through my uh, nephew's television time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Huge upgrade I, there. I actually, I would probably watch a couple of times if they did Teletubbies v. The Wiggles. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Toby Emmerich uh, was talking to Variety, and uh, Variety, uh, Brent Langs, uh, he's a senior film and media editor at at Variety, and he wrote an article. It was a pretty interesting article. I didn't include all of it here because some of it talked about things other than DCEU. Sure. But, um, of course, Toby Emmerich comes from New Line Cinema. He's the president and chief content officer at Warner Brothers, uh, following uh, production chief Greg Silverman's departure. Uh, Toby Emmerich admitted, I don't speak comic. I do feel like I speak motion pictures. I speak for an audience. I look and ask, how does this work for a general audience? I like that mentality, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, He says he understands, sorry, uh, Jeff John said that he understands that when we're talking about the characters, we're not just talking about what their powers are. We're talking about who they are as people which is a nice uh, assurance, I feel, from Jeff Johns. Warner Brothers Entertainment Chairman and CEO Kevin Sujihara says Toby came onto, sorry, came into this role having successfully run a movie studio that produced every genre, from billion-dollar franchise titles to micro-budget horror films. He's extremely talented, well-respected, and has a vision for Warner Brothers Pictures' future, as well as a plan on how to execute on that vision. Uh, Emmerich says he believes the success of Wonder Woman should be attributed to John's, Jeff Johns and John Berg, as that film was already pretty deep into post-production by the time he came in. Um, he says he believes that the movie feels fresh because the, quote, heart and humor that Patty Jenkins injected into the picture was a break from the downbeat superhero films that have been hitting multiplexes. The zeitgeist of the culture in America and many parts of the world were ready to embrace a female superhero, he says. He also goes on to say, I know that our competitors are going to look at the success of this movie, 
People love to call Hollywood lemmings, and it's not always unfair. I'm sure that plenty of producers and writers and studio executives are asking, what the heck happened with Wonder Woman, and how do we get on get in on that action? Um, now, this Variety article also states that DC is plunging ahead, they say, uh, on two more female-focused projects, Gotham City Sirens and Joss Whedon's Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also said there's going to be more Wonder Woman he, and Emmerich says that Jenkins is already working on the Wonder Woman sequel. He says it won't take place in World War One as the first film did. It will, but it will also be in the past, likely. And uh, he coyly says it will take place somewhere between 1917 and 2017. Hmm. Um, now he's also he also says that he would be surprised if we didn't at some point make an R-rated DC movie. He says he, according to the article, he admires violent, irreverent, and very adult comic book movies such as Logan and Deadpool. Well, who doesn't? Sure. <laughs> I also admire things that make tons of money. Right. Oh, uh, the article also mentions that he uh, he took film classes at uh, Wesleyan University, mm-hmm. where he and he was a contemporary of Joss Whedon and Michael Bay, which is kind of weird. So, you know, contemporary of the best and the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people would actively disagree with you about Bay, but I I won't. I don't. Not credible people. No. Uh, no, I'm sure we got some fans who are going to be like, dear DC on screen. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I I do hear he's like a shit ton of fun to work with, but Uh that's a different thing. Not if you have a vagina is what I hear. (laughs) I haven't heard of that one. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, Megan Fox was pretty vocal about her disdain for him. But then I think she kind of stepped that back when she wanted to be in the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. So Yeah, I didn't catch any of that one. Yeah. All I've heard is pretty much so. like Michael Bay shows up and it's like, uh, it's, oh, we, we, we all party. It's a great time. Oh, we're going to film some stuff too while we're here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the man uh, at all. I know I don't like his movies. That's that's really all we have to go on. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in this article. Um, st- you know, just talking. To, it talks about you know, who he's promoted and why. You know, not even why necessarily, but you know, just some of his some of his moves. Um, this was interesting. It says by the fall, Emmerich wants to move the Warner Brothers Animation Division and DC Comics into a central location with the rest of the production team. He says, culture is influenced a lot by architecture and the space that you're in, how you physically bump into each other. I like conversations a lot more than meetings. The closer people are and the more ebb and flow that there is, I think the better it is. I like that idea. Yeah. That's how. That's uh, really cool. Actually, that's how a lot of the major animation studios works. Like Pixar, DreamWorks, they all... I forget if it's Pixar or DreamWorks, but one of them, uh, they they literally have all of the bathrooms in the facility in a centralized location because Uh you're going to have to go there at some point and you're probably going to see somebody and have to talk to them and you're probably going to come up with a different idea than you thought you were going to have. Yeah. Uh, It's, and I want to say it was Steve Jobs' idea. I'm I'm just losing track of where I learned this information, but (laughs) look into it. Some part of what I'm saying is, is real. So, uh, it's, it's a real thing that people do. I, 3M in particular is one of the most successful companies, uh, just on earth. And something they do is like wildly throw people at other people's departments. They'll sit there and say yeah. like, well, man, you've been in biotech for a while now. That is fantastic. 
we're going to throw you into, um, I don't know, we're going to throw you into uh, gastrointestinal technology. Mm. I think I understand now why Walmart is so, so successful. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it ends up being a really successful uh, business model though because you 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 throw people into different things and um it, it actually works. You just spread ideas so uh, fruitfully that you end up with uh, you know three or four patents more than yeah. uh, your average competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this a lot. Um, he's, the article says he's also wary of prizing well-known brands above compelling stories. And he says, there are things that everybody's heard of, like Kleenex tissues. Everyone knows what it is, but I'm not looking to make the Kleenex movie. Just mm-hmm. because you've heard of it doesn't make it a good idea. Fair enough. Take that emoji movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, the three Tetris movies that are apparently planned right now. Oh, gosh. All right, so uh, Brent Lang just, at Variety I, like, again. I, I just brought you down. I, I feel like I just actively hurt you. I'm sorry. Um, well, you know, just a minor tear in the already gaping wound. <laughs> I'll just move on. I'll just Brent <laughs> Brent Lang once again uh, from Variety uh, published an article uh, interviews with John Berg and Jeff Johns. Um, Brent asks, why did audiences embrace Wonder Woman? John Berg says it's a fun, it's a fun movie. It's positive and optimistic. The early films may have been too dark in parts. Jeff Johns says most of the DC universe is known as being a hopeful and optimistic place. It's known for characters that are inspirational and aspirational. Anyone who knows and loves the DC universe knows that a lot of that has to do with this hope and optimism. Mm. Sounds fine. I don't know. It, it does. I don't, a lot um, of people are going to read the the words "may have" and and just like sneer actively at their screen. I giggled when I first read it. <laughs> it's possible. I was fine with it. Possible that you we know, were a you know, little too dark. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, not to nail anything <laughs> down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that was really the point, though. Like, I don't mind things being dark as shit, as long as it's true to the essence of the character, but I won't get back into that. No, not at all. No, we, we, we've done a lot of time on yeah. that topic. Yep. Brent Lang asks, uh, Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman made money, but critics hated them. Did you learn anything from the poor response to the films? Uh, Berg says, there are lessons from every movie. You would be silly not to analyze how a movie was received, what went right and what went wrong on the making of a movie. On Suicide Squad, the movie did incredibly well commercially. It didn't work narratively. You had some great casting and some great characterizations, but where the story fell down was on narrative, on plot. We could do better. Batman v Superman was totally dark. People didn't respond to that. Well, also to be fair, you cut 30 minutes out and screwed up the plot. Anyway... Moving on. It did, you know, give get a lot of flack I mean, for being dark. Well, so. well that well put. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, we won't we won't go into uh, the darkness of it, uh-huh. or the the yeah. the thirty minutes. But yeah, uh, I kind of want to have a conversation with this guy. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Jeff Johns says Wonder Woman celebrated exactly who the character is, but looking at it, it's not like we should change everything to be about hope and optimism. There's nothing to change. That's what these characters are. It's kind of circular, but whatever. Yeah, a little bit. I kind of feel, and you know, I don't want to get any flack, but I'm going to say it because it's my opinion mm-hmm. in my show. <laughs> <laughs> For better or worse, you get to do like, that. So yeah. 
I kind of feel like um, these guys, and I, you know, if this is the if this is the direction, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. Obviously, um, I kind of feel like they're just sort of doing their doing a dance right now. I can see that. Like Jeff Johns is just kind of preaching the hope and optimism and being like, "But well, that's what it always was." To be fair, even though clearly there was not, but maybe it was. Maybe it was heading in that direction. That's what we're saying. Which I know that that was the that was the plan because I remember Chris Terrio talking about it yeah. before the movie was released or reviewed. This would be the darkest <sighs> of the uh, the moments in this timeline, and it would it would brighten up after that. We, we've known that for years now. Yeah, of course, though, I, you know, I hate that promise because if it is in, in fact a promise, because, you know, you like Wonder Woman was incredibly dark in a lot of places. It's okay to be dark as long as, you know, it's okay. As long as you make a good plot and have good characterizations and pay attention to what you're doing in editing. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, um, how do I put it? Make sure your story sticks together. Um, apologize for nothing. Know where your characters come from. <laughs> and do what you fucking do. You'll be okay. We'll follow you anywhere. By the way, on that note, did you... And I'm sorry, this is a brief aside. We're not even done with the story. But did you see the <laughs> Did you see the story that... Um, oh, gosh. Tom Holland, the kid playing Spider-Man, talked to Kevin Feige, and they've confirmed that the... The kid in Iron Man 2, the little kid who had the Iron Man helmet on and was pretending that he was going to shoot that big robot, was Peter Parker. I did see that. That's amazing. That was pretty cute. Anyway. That's kind of a neat throwaway. We're like, yeah, why not? <laughs> That'll just add years to the story. That, Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Let's do I it. I doubt anyone was make, thinking like, okay, this is going to be little Peter Parker. No one was thinking no, that. No, that is then, as ad hoc as you can possibly get, but screw it, man. Sounds that great. Sounds like a a fan suggested, and they both looked at each other and went, <laughs> "Yeah, let's roll dope. with that. That is dope. Let's do that shit right now." Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, given the success of Wonder Woman, do you expect to make more female-driven comic book films? Jeff John says we've got a lot of plans for our female characters. Just because they're great characters, there are many wonderful elements to the DC universe. And one of them is that we have the best female characters, heroes and villains in the world. No one is going to beat wonder woman and Batgirl and Harley Quinn. You're absolutely correct, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. I'd stand by. I'm sure. Uh, Not there's to mention a Cat lot woman of people, and poison Ivy and black canary. And we can keep going. Yeah. I know there's a lot of X-Men flack. That's, that's going to be taken for a statement like that, but for real. Harley Quinn, Wonder Woman, come on. You can't argue with me. Don't argue with me that they're in the top five, period, yeah. across universes. Yeah. Like, walk into any geek store and see how much Storm merchandise you see. <laughs> <laughs> we all love Rogue when we when we see her. But y- you, know. y- you don't. She's not leading franchise and Mm-mm. selling Happy Meals. The best she's got is, hey, we have a Rogue cut on Days of Future Past. Come watch the movie with... All the scenes we cut. Yeah. That had her in it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, will Patty Jenkins be back to direct the sequel to Wonder Woman? Jeff John says, Patty and I are writing the treatment right now. The goal is to make another great Wonder Woman film. I had a blast making it with Patty the first time. We've got a cool idea for the second one. So I guess I was right. Jeff Johns was heavily involved in Wonder Woman. I don't know if that's for better or worse. Uh, better or worse? But... Um... <sighs> If it was those two before, let's just do it again. 
Put the same yeah. same people in the room and let, let, let them do round two. Yeah. Uh, will Wonder Woman's role be enhanced in Justice League? John Berg says her role won't change, but she was already playing a big role. People really responded to Gal in Batman v Superman. We knew we had something special. Uh, Joss Whedon is overseeing reshoots on Justice League and will write and direct Batgirl. How important will he be to the DC Cinematic Universe going forward? John Berg says he's already a, he's a big part already. We love him. He's a great partner, collaborator. We want him to be ensconced. We bring people by, have general meetings, and talk about comics and their favorite superhero movies. With Joss, he saw the Master Board, and he saw a Batgirl title, and he said, You guys seriously want to do Batgirl? And we said, absolutely. And he said, that's my jam. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, the Joss Whedon factor for me has become one of the best things to happen in the last forever. Yeah. I, I don't know if it can go poorly. I just, I, I just don't, I just don't. People will say it can. People will say it did for Marvel. I don't give a shit what those people say. They were wrong. Age of Ultron was great, even though I didn't like it as much as Avengers. It was really solid. It it really was. <sighs> the only problem I had with it is, is was that it was way too familiar in plot to the first one. No, well, I mean it's the Avengers. I know. I know. It, I just I want less mind control in that. No. In the Marvel films in general, but I've expressed that before. <laughs> I want less mind control. I just do. We've played with that. That that toy I has know. been played with. It's its head snapped off and it's missing a leg. Do a different thing. Yeah. All right. So uh... and they won't. You know they won't because in the <laughs> Infinity War thing, he's gonna get all the things. He'll get everything on the glove and he'll mind control people. And we're just gonna go back there again. It's gonna be annoying. I'm just gonna sit there and have to pee for two and a half hours. I know. There's awesome. just gonna be a point where like you hear me go. <sighs> Yeah. And you'll look over and think, yeah, I know, buddy. I know. Yeah, because it's going to be like, dude, I mean, I don't care who all or is on the screen again. I, I have to pee. <laughs> so bad. We should just really start rethinking the concept of an intermission. Just throwing mm-hmm. that out there. I agree. Five minutes. It does not take that long in general to get to a bathroom and back, especially if you're trying no. to hurry. It takes two and a half. If you're actually doing it mid <laughs> mid movie, you right. run down that little ramp, you you, mm. you trot to the thing, you, you pee as fast as you can do it without it being biologically uh, dangerous, and you you get back. It, it, yeah, but you know what will that do? What will that do for the actual editing editing of the movies? It's gonna be weird. I would probably argue that there's about six acts in an average movie these days on the superhero movies, and that. Somewhere mm-hmm. in Act 3, you could probably just call it intermission and, and pull it for about five minutes and come back. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think everyone's so used to having, like, a version of a home theater that, like, they could literally just pause it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody would be like, okay, good, bathroom break. Bathroom break. Oh, whatever. we were talking about this a few weeks ago, though. There's this uh, new trend toward um, you might be able to just, for a ridiculous amount of money, <laughs> just, just purchase yeah. these things in home these days. A few weeks ago, that was like last year. We were talking about that, man. No, oh, we've been <laughs> discussing it for a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, <laughs> moving on. Jared Leto was on the red carpet for the Defiant Ones, which I hear good things about. I kind of want to see that. But uh, ET Online asked him about the Joker. He says, "I have no idea. I can't confirm. Maybe I know, but I can't confirm or deny." There are a lot of moving parts with that stuff, and we'll see what happens next. 
Yay, Jared Leto's a cagey bastard. What did not? What 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 do we not know before that? I know, but it's important because you know, Joker was mentioned. I I don't know. Sure. <laughs> when I leave out news, people ask me why. Yeah. Not that I mind. Please still talk to us. I love you. <laughs> I, I I'm actually. I was actually way more tempted to see him in Atlanta with 30 Seconds to Mars, who mm-hmm. I know they had one song I liked long ago, but I, I God help me, I, I, I don't know any other thing they did. Mm. And I don't even remember yeah, that I song. <laughs> yeah. Importantly, they were opening for Muse. No. All right. So um, I'm sure you guys have seen uh, floating around the internet that uh, Gal Gadot was paid a criminally low amount for Wonder Woman and that uh, Henry Cavill got paid 46 times what she did uh, for Man of Steel. They, they said that uh, he got paid $14 million and she got paid $300,000 for Wonder Woman. Uh, but that has all turned out to be not true. The, <laughs> the original article that printed, uh, that printed, God, I'm old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when someone threw some soybean at some, right. some paper and printed right. a thing and some kid woke up at 3.30 in the morning to, to right. throw it at your doorstep. Yeah. So anyway, what happened was they were um, <laughs> comparing salaries for all of these superhero movies. And they, by the way, this is unconfirmed. The $14 million is unconfirmed for Henry Cavill. And also, um, if it is true, what's come out is that it was basically, at, that his was actually after... Um, it was for multiple movies, and it was after several like bonuses because when you know they have like a base pay, yeah. he got ba- he got paid like three hundred thousand dollars for Man of Steel, which is by the way what Chris uh, Evans got got paid as well for Captain America, right? Et cetera, et cetera. They get paid a base pay like that, and then they get you know accelerators and bonuses based on how much money the movies make. Um. But it's also been reported that she got paid three hundred thousand dollars to be in Batman v Superman. So I mean, I'm sure she's got like a ton of, a ton more money now because Wonder Woman is kicking ass. Yeah. So yeah, that's not at all. That can't be true. It's just not. <laughs> like they've. If too there many aren't people a come lot of like, back end bonuses okay. and residuals worked into her contract, someone really messed up. Right. Like right. she needs to look at somebody else and, yeah, and, and that's she is just fulfilling not what all of those goals at this point yeah i mean it's been stated if you do an apples to apples comparison godot was paid at least as much as henry cavill was um so you know they were both paid for given you know multiple uh film contracts cavill probably actually got less money up front honestly because it was there was less of a of a um certainty that they were going no, forward. No, there's no lead in. He was just starting know, it. With Man of Steel. Yeah. So anyway. He was just starting it, and, um, like, Henry Cavill was not a known person, really, coming into this franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was he was, he was was not, you know, star status at all. At all coming in. Mm-hmm. Now he's Superman. Oh, neither was she. I mean. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But she she had the lead in. Yeah. That, that matters. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio... Uh, he who plays Kingpin on Netflix's Daredevil. That's right. That's a Marvel property. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. We know about well, those he tweeted, two. Yeah. Somewhat. Um, 
he tweeted out to Patty Jenkins, congrats to all to you and all others involved in Wonder Woman. This milestone you reached means so much more than just a box office number. And then one of his fans said, would you appear in the DCEU if a role was offered to you? His response? Yep. Well, sure. I don't know how far Disney's uh, contract <laughs> reaches. Well, you know, one of the things reach, that I, but... I failed to mention, well... I don't know about the Netflix shows and their contracts, but one of the things I failed to mention last week was that Chris Hemsworth came out and made some joke about how uh, it's actually, like, according to Marvel contracts, it's illegal to to do DC movies. Okay, well, it's not illegal. They can't make laws. I know. But it might as well be. I believe he was joking. At their level of control. Yeah. So I don't know what that means for Kingpin. I don't know if they are again. More... Don't fuck with the mouse. That seems to be your mantra. I'm serious. That that's a real show. thing. That's that's just a real thing people have to deal with. Well, you shouldn't do that anyway because mice carry diseases. <laughs> <laughs> diseases like um, bankruptcy. Right. Or not being invited to their press or never being cast again. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it so, wouldn't uh, surprise uh, me though if like D'Onofrio, uh just was not allowed. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise even me. in the Netflix version of that was just not allowed. Yeah, yeah, which I'm okay with. I don't. I can't think of anyone that I would want him playing in the uh, in the DC universe really, except for maybe um, Tobias Whale. Or something. Maybe he can get a job over on Black Lightning playing Tobias Whale. That's apparently the villain for the season. Wouldn't hurt me at all. Um, I don't know. It would, I'd want some time, but it, like he's a great actor, man. No, I don't need time. I have an imagination. Let's do this. <laughs> There's just so many characters. <laughs> I got it. I'm good. You fine? All right. Well, he feels good. I'm, I'm Let's good. Do it. Like, I'm one of these that, like, I wouldn't, like, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Just, if you want, make Chris Pine. Uh, you know, I don't know, Green Lantern. No, I have a problem with that. Chris, uh, make make Chris Pine. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of someone in the in the Marvel universe that it would that would bother me. But look, I mean, I've seen Chris Evans play Human Torch, and he's played uh, he played a comic book character from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Wasn't he in that movie with the Edgar Wright movie, Scott Pilgrim? Which one? Scott Pilgrim. No, I mean which character? <laughs> uh, sorry, I was I was. Oh, was it Chris Evans in that movie? Uh, I can't remember. Brandon Ralph well, was is in the Fantastic one I Four. Yeah, he was in Fantastic Four anyway. He was the Human Torch. Then he was Captain America. I don't care. That's fine. Sorry, I was the, trying to the, figure out where Chris Evans would fit into the DC universe as yeah. you and, as you, you know, asked that. You know, and then you know, uh, Brandon Ralph was Superman, and now he's the Atom. Mm-hmm. Reduction in pay grade. It's a sad thing, but we accept it. Um, yeah, this kind of stuff happens all the time. I'm good with it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Huge upgrade <clears> in how much I love the character. Mm-hmm. By the way, I saw a meme this week that uh, pointed out that uh, <laughs> Bullseye and Deadshot have the, basically the same stats as villains, <laughs> and the and the last stat was taken down by Daredevil, taken down by Batman, both played by Ben Affleck, <laughs> and then just a picture of Ben Affleck smirking like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Of course, I also saw a meme this week that had a laughing Al Bundy picture and a frowning Bill Cosby and a frowning Stephen Collins from Seventh Heaven. And it said, turned out Al Bundy was the best father of all after all. Oh, that's... (laughs) So, 
you know. History is a weird mistress. <laughs> and her shape is unusual, just like that train song. <laughs> uh, over to the Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wonder Woman's numbers, man. It continues to kill at the box office. Um, domestically, uh, it's made $318 million. Foreign, $335.8 million which brings it to the worldwide total of $653.9 million. Um, So in the coming week, it should just fly right past uh, Suicide Squad's 32, uh, sorry, 325 million, and uh, Batman v Superman's 330 million, and just go ahead and be the badass that it is. Yeah, it's going to swamp them. Uh, Patty Jenkins is now the highest grossing live action female director ever. Uh, the title used to belong to uh, <laughs> Felidia Lloyd from Mamma Mia. Yeah, uh, that's so. going to have to go away. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Patty Jenkins talked a little bit about the Wonder Woman 2 um, and a few other things, actually. And I'm not going to talk about the whole interview, but um, there's a lot of the stuff we've heard before. And But I'll, I'll also link the BuzzFeed article. It was a BuzzFeed article with Adam B. Very. And... Um, Patty says, as for the sequel, we're working on making the contract official. And she says that she wasn't sure at first if audiences would respond to Wonder Woman's blend of action, comedy, and romance for the sequel. I feel much more inspired to continue on that balance. But she also wants to bring in another element, sheer fun. She says there's always a struggle in an origin story to get to the point where that superhero exists. And now I'm dying to just let loose and have a great time with her. Not for the whole movie, but in moments. I'm excited to see her power really soar and us have a great time having a great Wonder Woman in our world. That's what I'm craving. Me too, Patty. Because <laughs> I was confused as hell as to what her powers actually were in the movie. <laughs> like, what are we doing? All right. So, I mean, I, that sounds like we're going to get flight, maybe, to me. Maybe. I kind of like that as an origin story, they just kind of hinted at things. Yeah. But, you know, this look, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, she also... Uh, also, it's an origin responded. story where it's like... I mean, it, so many years in the past where if she picks up new powers now in the present, mm-hmm. we we saw we, we saw hints of it. So I'm not going to be able to question it in the movies going forward. Well, you know, based on what Emmerich was saying, I think it's going to be set in the past too. It might be, you know, World War II. Or maybe, time. but like if you go to, if, if you go to Justice League and she flies now, I'll be like, oh yeah, cool. I, that, that they uh, They talked about that a little bit. And they should just call it WW2. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe. Come on. Maybe. Yeah. Wonder Woman it. 2, colon, yeah, I'll go WW2. With it. Yeah. yeah I'll go with it. I don't know how she's going to influence that entire war in a way that like makes sense within this universe, though. Mm. It's my only real problem with setting it in World War 2 is just, what are you going to do? Like, It's not like she can go stop Hitler. That'd be ridiculous. Can't it's she? still ridiculous. How many how many comic book people have you seen go back and stop Hitler? Mm. Dozens, at a guess? I don't know. I've seen a lot of comic book covers where they punch Hitler. At least punch Hitler, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a millionaire, so I haven't read those books. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> there is limited access to that kind of stuff at this point. But yeah, like, how many people have you seen go back and deal with it? It, it would... I don't know. It would be a little weird to be like, well, okay, so 
I guess. Um, but to be fair, you know, it's still just the cover of a book. So I'm also dubious as to whether or not by the end of that issue they had like expounded on their on their cover cry of buy U.S. war bonds. No, and especially so. I, yeah, I understand. And especially at that time, you had the cover. It 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 was meant to get you in. It wasn't as serialized as it is now to some extent. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm this should be if you showed that, someone that, that cover, cover that cover of like Captain America smacking uh, Hitler in the face, and then showed yeah. him like a few months ago for uh, like I am Hydra. Yeah, that that bastard would have shot something. I'm not sure what, but something. Yeah. I'm not down for the cat being Hydra thing. I just, I don't even, don't even play with it, man. But whatever. <laughs> hey, whatever. Whatever, guys. This is DC show. Yeah. At least for right now. We're not here for you. <laughs> Until I get on my other tangent. <laughs> so, um, there was a Joss Whedon Wonder Woman script that we reported on. Now they're claiming it's alleged. But, um, I, we talked about it on the Dr. Steve crossover episode. Uh, that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of controversy about it, but uh, Jenkins, Patty Jenkins, said she didn't read it and would not comment on the criticism of it. She says he's in the DC universe now, and I don't think there's any reason to go there. It was what it was. I'm lucky that I'm the person who got to do it, but I don't see what would be beneficial about comparing what he would have done versus what I would have done. Thank you, Patty. And uh, yeah, and apparently a spokesperson for Joss Whedon declined to comment on the script leak. So, uh, again, it's an alleged leak, so I don't know if, you know, I haven't read this thing yet. I don't know if it's as uh, sexist as some of the internet people are saying, but the internet people are a reactionary group. And um, what little I did read didn't seem inherently uh, sexist, but, you know, that that's an, uh, an ever-shifting categorization. Yeah. To be... Uh, and, you know, you'll get judged on your judgment of that sentence, even. That's how this thing yeah, works. And, and I don't care. My girlfriend doesn't think I'm sexist, and that's all I really give a shit about. <laughs> you got to keep your world together. My world is together. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> on Wonder Woman's popularity, Patty Jenkins said, I kept feeling like Wonder Woman has this huge following. 75 years Every Halloween, there's people dressed up as Wonder Woman. I was like, of course you should make Wonder Woman. That's like a bag of money sitting in the closet. <laughs> Do you want the bag of money? It's well put, actually. It, it could have been done badly. I'm sorry. Do you not want the sack could... of gold? I can hide the sack of gold. It could have been done badly, or something could have gone wrong with it. But I always had thought that it was going to be far more successful than other people might have. The audience is there, and yes, yes, they are. It's got it's got better legs, and that that crack has been made all over the place. Like Wonder Woman's got legs, and she knows how to use them. I'm like, are we really bringing ZZ Top in? Not, are we really doing that? that? That's okay. just hack headline writing. <laughs> just hack. <laughs> but you know what she she actually does she has legs more so than bbs and suicide squad legs She's is a production the box office they use to yes. determine how long a thing lasts in theaters and how long it stays yes. on place mm -hmm. it is not a thing you use to make a sexist pun you hacks <laughs> <laughs> oh lord anyway uh so this was really cool um, over uh, there was a review at the Indian Country Today, 
And um, they said what I didn't expect, and I didn't catch this when I watched the movie, when I watched Wonder Woman. What I didn't expect was to be overcome with emotion when Eugene Brave Rock's character Chief met Wonder Woman, who was spectacularly portrayed by uh, spectacularly. It's hard to word. That's a hard word to say. Is. Portrayed by Gal Gadot. Why his first words to her were in Blackfoot? Even better, he introduced himself as Napi, the Blackfoot demigod who is known as a trickster and a storyteller. Now Beth uh, Beth Elderkin at IO9. Uh, uh, went on Twitter and uh, talked to uh, Brave Rock, and um, well, she asked if he was uh, he was a demigod. Basically, she said, "Was this part of the script or improvised? Is he a demigod?" And and Eugene Brave Rock says, "We wrote it in the script, and yes, Napi is a demigod." I don't even know what to do with that, but that sounds fantastic. She says, uh, "Thanks, Eugene." So does that mean the character of the chief is a demigod as well? Or was this just an inside joke between him and Wonder Woman? He says Blackfoot culture hero and demigod. I don't know what kind of powers uh, he might have. Because he's a demigod, he's not omnipotent in any way. He's limited. But Mm -hmm. if it in in some way explains why he can get over the borders, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, they they he's traditionally like a sort of a mischief maker god. He's like a he's a storyteller and a trickster, Mm -hmm. you know. But um. According to some myths, he also is uh, a demigod who helps people find their path and find their way. Oh, that would be fantastic. Even a mixture of the two where, like, uh, a guy who just likes to be there when uh, a good story is being told. And uh, so someone who would see Diana trying to make her way in the world and and think, oh, man, yeah, I got to back this. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice nice fleshing out of the character. If only you could get your PTSD guy fleshed out a little bit. Yeah. I keep Absolutely. I keep hoping for you, Dave. <laughs> I don't need him completely fleshed out, you know, but whatever. Uh, um, uh, you know, honestly, I hope that they show up. I like those guys. I hope they show up in a sequel. No, they're yeah, they were they were fantastic. They were a lot of fun. And um, you know, Dynamic Tagamawi or whatever in particular. Tagamawi, whatever is that his name? <laughs> I don't know. We we never um, get names right. Just just take a guess. And I we'll know. Go with it. He he said. Uh, you know, he had posted before Wonder Woman came out that he, there was like the a picture of him with, uh, you know, the, uh, next to a picture of Blackhawk, and, and you know maybe that I feel like maybe in the sequel he's going to be Blackhawk. I don't know. Why not? Come on, let's do this. <laughs> also, this uh, this Beth Elderkin woman. Uh, <laughs> Her picture on Twitter, she looks like a, a girl I know, and it's freaking me out, man. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> I'm like going, Natalie? Did you change your name? Oh my gosh, not. What? That can't anyway. be right. <laughs> so uh, they have now uh, posted the Wonder Woman end titles. Those beautiful end titles online. And... Um, they're a reprise of the story, you know. It's, it's a gorgeous recap that I kind of ignored to go pee because <laughs> <laughs> I knew there wasn't an end credit thing. But uh, I actually hung in there because of that. Yeah, I was like, no, I've got no. I can do this for four more minutes. I can do this. Yeah, uh, I don't think I did. I think I got right up and went to pee. Maybe I'm wrong. No, yeah, uh, you I, did. Um, uh, I watched it. Before in the theater, you got it, uh, and and then basically uh, you were coming out when I came into the the bathroom in our our. Oh, theater. I got up and yeah. I left. Yeah, yeah, okay. I hung in for that little bit, well, and 
and uh, I had to go. Well, that's we have, sad we have because a I lot about bladder control. I know, and but you know what? Movies. That's kind of sad. But because I, I think it's a relevant topic. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of sad though because I saw that that was that the headline was. I mean, sorry that the um, main uh, the main titles were online. Yeah, and uh, I watched about a minute and a half of them. And then I paused it, and I got up to go pee while I was doing prep, and I never went back to that it. That may actually just be training. <laughs> that may be completely in your head. Same anyway, time, though, when um, I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, we're going to have five stingers, I, I thought, oh, fuck you, man. I don't know. I loved every one of the stingers. I did love all the my, stingers. Doesn't mean my I... My penis and my... Like, bladder didn't the problem is they spread them out over the entire thing so like you had to actually sit there and do it like if you're going to do those stingers that's fantastic please do it Mm -hmm. but give me about eh, six minutes because if we all know there's going to be stingers we're all going to go to the bathroom and come back Mm -hmm. um and you know what we're in a less populated city than most people really 10 minutes for for a lot of more populated cities it it just just give us some damn time give me like a program with a non-spoilery, uh, a non-spoiler-filled rundown of when the timestamps are. Yeah, that'd be good. Like you have three minutes from the last time you see the first stinger. Yeah, that'd be you great. Know, I don't because I can. I, don't I can try to take that out, but yeah, yeah. Like I don't mind being the guy who misses Jeff Goldblum dancing from afar. I, what the hell? I, ever, I can. Man? I can live with that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, we're going to push through because we still got too much to go. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so artofthetitle.com is where you can find that. And they also have a really cool interview with Patty Jenkins and the crew behind making the title sequence. I didn't get into it because, you know, that's not what this show does. But as a person who's interested in that kind of stuff, I really wanted to read it and I haven't gotten a chance to yet. But um, Patty did say, in our case, the title sequence almost became the end of the movie in a beautiful way. You're right at the at a moment when you wish you had more, and it becomes more. It carries forward the story in a way. What the final moment of the film is best at saying is, now there's Wonder Woman, now Wonder Woman is born. I don't know that I agree with that completely. It feels like more like a recap of the story you just saw. I don't know. But what her and the writers and the editor did pretty well was keeping it within like the yeah time frame wb wanted to keep it in and still telling a an extremely compelling story yeah one that is obviously putting asses in seats and selling tickets Mm -hmm. so uh wonder woman has been nominated for teen choice world awards we don't generally care about the any kind of award show but uh here's the news for you if you care um It's gotten three nominations in uh, the Teen Choice Awards. Uh, it was uh, nominated for Choice Action Award, and Gal Gadot and Chris Pine are nominated for Choice Action Movie Actress and Actor. And uh, competing against them in all of these categories are Logan, The Fate of the Furious, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I think Logan might be the thing that uh, is, is worrisome for them. Uh, not in Teen Choice. Teen Choice? I think Wonder Woman probably pulls it out. You think? Probably. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, also, uh, Will Arnett has a nomination for Choice Comedy Movie Actor. Why not? For the Lego Batman movie. Well, how not? It's Lego also, Batman how not, movie. yeah. It's great. Also, uh, I watched uh, him and Conan in a little, uh, uh-huh. they did like a, what is that segment Conan does about how he doesn't know how to play video games? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Clueless Gamer. Clueless Gamer. Yeah. That's it. 
Uh, so he invited Will Arnett on as his ostensible uh, arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. And the thing that made me laugh the most is that Will Arnett looked small. <laughs> I've never seen no. that before in my life. He mm-hmm. had, I've never seen him cast against someone who he didn't just dwarf. And then I watched him with Conan and thought, oh my God, he's got like two inches on you. I've never seen it before. <laughs> Did you see? It was striking to me. Did you see the bit, uh, the interview with Will Arnett on Conan? I think it was Conan. Where he just came out and basically just told horrible lies about Jason Bateman the entire time. I have not seen that, but and that like, sounds fantastic. Just cackled maniacally every time he told some horrible thing. He just like just told all these awful lies about Jason Bateman. It was really funny. That sounds fantastic. It was also a good bit on anyway. uh I, I guess it's called Clueless Gamer. But um it 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 was a funny it was a funny bit, but uh I just yes, you know, Conan and Will Arnett. I've never seen, never seen Arnett look small. <laughs> He's a big guy. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. But well, I forget how comically Conan. giant Conan is sometimes. <laughs> Well, you know, Conan's got length, Arnett's got girth. <laughs> oh, they do a, a fantastic <laughs> set of jokes where they grab each other's biceps and refer them. Uh, the, the, I, I think one of them calls it a, um, a, a like a bag of spaghetti that's been left out for a week. <laughs> yeah. And the other one calls it like a codfish shock or something. I'm not sure. Wow. All right, moving on. Joss Whedon is not going to be at the San Diego Comic-Con this year. Uh, Mark Searby of an Englishman in San Diego.com ran into him in London, uh, where he's doing reshoots of justice league. And he says, I won't be there only the second time in 20 years. I won't make it. He's busy. Uh, by the way, SDCC takes place in San Diego, July 20th through the 23rd. Uh, and apparently dispelling the rumors of, uh, extensive reshoots. Jason Momoa is, Apparently done with the reshoots. They they had a rap party for him. Uh, Danny Minnick posted the video online of the rap party. I mean, and, they had uh, a rap party for him the first time. I think he just calls to order a party, party every time he leaves a place. I think they do the rap party every like, at the end of the actual production. And they do a rap party at the end of reshoots. But um, he's done, y'all. Yeah. And um, someone took a picture of the Batmobile, and it was weird because it was next to a Rite Aid. <laughs> it was like on a truck next to a Rite Aid. So I guess they're going to be using the Batmobile in some reshoots, but it was just weird seeing it next to a Rite Aid. Yeah, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a spoiler. It's just weird. It's going to be jarring. <laughs> I mean, you know what must happen in like a, a city like Gotham that sometimes he's going to yeah. be drifting outside a Rite Aid. In chase of, like, Solomon Grundy, but it, it's just, you, you know, it's different to see it hiked up on the back of a truck. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff Johns released a picture on Twitter of uh, the Watchmen graphic novel, and um, apparently he's in London. He says, 87 degrees in London at the pub. Time to write for at one more Gary Frank, hashtag Doomsday Clock, at DC Comics, at Jim Lee, at Cunningham 71 at... That a me Dio. Um, so yeah, uh, looks like he's in London probably for the Justice League reshoots, uh, probably to oversee some of that. And also he's writing Doomsday Clock. <laughs> Jeff Johns is the yep. man. Even, even if he is doing a dance for Warners, he's the freaking man, guys. No, no, he, he dances, he dances for us. <laughs> okay. That man does us a service. So, um... There's an awesome video floating around on the interwebs uh, by Twitter 
user named uh, M-A-H-D-I, Mahdi maybe, and um, he claims to have found it on Dolph Lundgren's Snapchat. I, I like that he claims, like the article says <laughs> that he found it there. Like Dolph Lundgren's Snapchat is just a thing that nobody knows exists, like it's some sort of like <laughs> secret. Like, yeah, like some sort of like secret ancient dungeon somewhere. No, he, he uh, found scuba gear and and chose the right chalice. All right. Uh, so anyway, the uh, the video is of Dolph Lundgren in a rig on a crane, like, you know, swimming against a blue screen. You know, looks pretty cool. I'm assuming it's for Aquaman. Why not? Well, I mean, it would have to be, but that's what he's doing right now. It's also uh, been reported already by us and by several other people who did it before us. Because we don't scoop things here. <laughs> Just chat about him. Otis Donji was cast uh, as the 13-year-old Arthur Curry. But now uh, Aquaman Shrine tweeted that Khan Goldar, sounds like a Cardassian from Deep Space Nine, uh, is going to be playing the 9-year-old Arthur Curry. Mm. And that the uh, movie will reveal the character origins and Atlantean history through flashbacks, kind of like Jeff Johns did in the New 52. I kind of assumed that for some reason. I didn't assume uh, it, but okay. I mean, flashbacks are standard these days. It, it, mm-hmm. Well, all days. I mean, it's flashbacks. Yeah. It's a yeah. common thing. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Beach has joined Aquaman. He's been cast as Jesse Kane, which is a, reportedly uh, a person part of a group of high seas hijackers. Uh, who have a, quote, fateful interaction with Aquaman. He also, uh, Beach apparently also uh, was on Stargate Atlantis with Jason Momoa a long time ago. He was also in James Wan's Insidious Chapter 2. So that's happened. Now, we talked about this a little bit on the Dr. Steve uh, episode, but um, Matt Reeves was asked about the Batman and he says, for me, point of view is really important. I want to make sure you are experiencing something from the perspective of the main character in the story. I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. I like the idea of being immersed in that perspective. And uh, when Batman News asked Matt Reeves if uh, Ben Affleck was still going to be Batman in the movie, he says, yeah, right now that's what is going on for sure. Um, so this is kind of hard to... By the way, I'm all, all, all on board that. I, I, I love... Uh, I love Hitchcock and, uh, you know, based on the way some of the fans react on Facebook that I see in some of these DC groups that I'm a part of, someone's, I know someone's out there already been like, wait a minute, what cock did he say he was going to put in Batman? Of course. Calm down. But, (laughs) uh, Alfred Hitchcock was amazing. Was an amazing filmmaker and, uh, he's an amazing writer. Iconic. And I would absolutely love to see uh, a Batman that felt more Hitchcockian. I like saying that. It's a fun thing to say. Hitchcockian. Hitchcock? Hitchcocksick? Yeah, we we can't even say it. So, um... Hitchcocksick? Hitchcockian is actually easier to say. (laughs) So, I like sticking with that one. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, pretty big news. I'm sure you guys have heard about it. You might wonder, what does this have to do with DCEU? But... Uh, Lord Miller, Philip Lord and Chris Miller, I think there's their, their first names. I don't know why I didn't write that down, but that's who I am. You guys, you know me. <laughs> that's how I do. If Lord and Miller, uh, they were on the flash and then they left the flash to do, um, the solo Han Solo. 
for Star Wars. And um, these are the cats that did the Lego movie. They did 21 Jump Street. They're in high demand. And um, they just got fired, though, from um, the Star Wars film. But apparently, uh, the rap is uh, saying that they were meeting with DC before, like they were going to quit, maybe? But they were talking to them before about maybe coming back to the Flash movie. So uh, apparently, apparently that's, that might actually be a thing that's happening. And nothing's been confirmed. Nothing is official. But I would be down to see those cats doing uh, the Flash. At this point, Personally. I would be down to see anyone doing the Flash. Hey, man. I got Berlani and Kreisberg. I'm good. I mean, I'm fine with the TV yeah. series, but the actual movie, like... Yeah. Uh, well... The fitting way to say it would be like either do it or um, how did he put it? Uh, put two in the back of its head and call it a day. Well, yeah, that's what Captain Cold said. <laughs> we gotta have one or the other. This is this is yeah. nonsense. <laughs> oh, the drama, Jason. It's okay. That demands certainty. All right, so we have some listener feedback. Um, Miro Monster eighty seven on iTunes. Leaves us a five-star review, shooting from the hip. He says, These two dudes are the happy medium between the podcasts that, to a fault, look at everything DC through rose-colored glasses. And at the other end of the spectrum, the haters. Y'all did piss me off with a lack of enthusiasm for Wonder Woman. Again, Jason had all the enthusiasm ever for Wonder Woman. But I digress. He says... Y'all did piss me off with the lack of enthusiasm for Wonder Woman, but that's my problem, and I am glad to know that I will always get your honest opinions. I also think you two seriously need to look, take a look at Rises from a different angle, but maybe I'll send an email expounding on that. Please do. I was going, yeah, do. We've already, we've had that, but do it again. Let's, let's get all the opinions. Um, he says, I was going to give four stars for my butt hurtedness regarding your Wonder Woman take, but that wouldn't be fair, so I'm switching back to five, since, after all, I have y'all in my ear every week, no homo. Is that a thing? <laughs> I didn't know homosexuals penetrated each other in the ear. <laughs> I, I'm not, not actually sure how that... Not actually sure how that goes. I do seem to recall a Saturday Night Live sketch with... Will Ferrell and Christopher Walken, where Walken referred to penetrating the ear as the ancient art of shunshi, shunshi. Um. <laughs> I, uh, on so many fronts, I'm a little too Luddite to to catch that last part. <laughs> anyway, um, he but says, "Forgive I, uh, the gra- <laughs> Really appreciate his uh, judicious nature and and right. going for that extra star and and give us giving us some uh, credit for just being our own. Asshole selves. Uh-huh. He does say, uh, forgive the grammar, I'm on an iPhone. Well, that's why I use an Android. Uh, <laughs> I, I just like Android better. It doesn't really correct my grammar. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you for the uh, five stars, Justin. Uh, but for for real, though, Jason did... He was really enthusiastic about Wonder Woman, man. <laughs> Like, a lot of people have, like, commented and said, like, you know, I don't understand why you guys didn't like Wonder Woman. I'm like, do they not hear you, Jason? I even liked it. I was perturbed by small quibbles. I, I, I don't, I haven't gone back and listened, and, uh, I don't, I don't know if, if, if we had, we came off, I don't, I don't know how we came off. I haven't, I haven't really gone back and listened to that, because we, yeah, 
genuinely don't have time to go back and listen to our own podcast. We just don't. We, we listen to other people's. We, we actually have to go watch stuff. We have to mm-hmm. write stuff to keep it the. There's a lot of stuff. So yeah, and I want to. I want to keep this show genuine. So like, if I go back and start listening, I start like just uh, manically editing things because I don't like what I. I don't like my own voice. Oh no, no! And, Everyone hates their own voice, yeah, and yeah, um, so this is no exception. But I, I so I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how we came across exactly. But yeah, I really freaking love that movie. <laughs> Dave, Dave was, was less enthusiastic about it than I was. But um, yeah, I mean, it's better than Thor. That's not a that's good. That's gonna be my go-to. That's not necessarily no, a good thing. It is though. I mean, Thor was pretty good. Thor was pretty good, but no, like Wonder Woman for me uh, was like a <laughs> knock your dick in the dirt kind of thing. Like I, I oh. love that movie. Yeah, but like. The best movie ever made is Citizen Kane. I can't just ignore that. No, the best movie ever made was Shaun of the Dead. And or Blues Traveler, if you're talking to, no. talking to you. Blues Traveler? Blues Blues, Tra- the sorry. Blues Brothers. I'm sorry, Blues Brothers. But no, I never said that was the that the Blues Brothers was the best movie ever made. Are you still thinking Citizen Kane? Yeah, I said Blues Brothers is my favorite movie. But my logical mind knows that Citizen Kane is the perfect film. No, I... um. I'm going to take a lot of flack for saying favorite and best are, are the same in my mind, and I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know about that. Yeah. No one's going to stand. Well, I, not no one. I'm going to have some people stand with me on that. But Yeah. I mean, I'll have people stand with me. I mean, favorite and, you know, what, you know, what you acknowledge as the best and what you acknowledge as your personal favorite. I mean, you know. I also, I, I'm not qualified in the film genre to do a, like a best. I'm just not. But that's uh-huh. the tightest written script that made me laugh the most and made me feel the most. So yeah. for me, that's the I best like movie the I've seen in a long time. Yeah, Shaw of the Dead's a solid pick too. Um, you know, I mean, like, I, I, if I'm being honest, it's my my favorite film of all time is a is a cross. It's like a tie between the Blues Brothers and High Fidelity. But it's, it's, not like, bad. it's one of those things. Really not bad. It's one of the yeah no, but it was like one of those things where like it was a long time ago. I realized that like because I was I said that the Blues Brothers was my favorite movie, and my aunt looked at me and she's like, "Are you seriously telling me you think that the Blues Brothers is the best movie of all time?" And I kind of thought about it. I was like, I hadn't thought about it from that angle before, but no, I would say probably not. <laughs> I mean, if you say you know, I I would be a damn fool if I said like Blues Brothers is obviously better than Gone with the Wind. But you know what? It's probably not. But it's my favorite. <laughs> I'd watch Blues Brothers a million times before I watched Gone with the Wind and have done so. So yeah. <laughs> How much a freaking real, time do you, you know, have, man? Yeah. I mean, would I watch Blues Brothers before oh, Citizen to be Kane fair, though, on any given day? Uh, the script that Blues Brothers originally had was about the length of Gone with the Wind. Well, the, the script that the Blues Brothers originally had was two movies. It was the Blues Brothers and the Return of the Blues Brothers. And it also had extended sequences where they they had to go and retrieve each individual member of the Blues Brothers band. Um, so of that, course that they was did. that was eventually pared down and John Landis kind of stepped in and told Aykroyd he's you're being crazy. Yeah, but it also saying, included like, an entire when, sequel. When Dan Aykroyd writes this well, back in the 80s when Dan Aykroyd was writing a script, he killed a forest. Oh, well, that was the 70s, but yeah. 70s. And uh no, it was a little bit of both. Uh between that Blues, and Ghostbusters. The Blues Brothers, well, he, he if we're talking about trees. Blues Brothers, yes, but if you're talking Whole about Blues Brothers specifically, to make it was the his 70s. films happen. Because Blues Brothers was released in 1980, 
So, yeah. but yes, but yeah, he he's he's a nut job, um, <laughs> and I I mean that in like I mean that in every sense of the word. I mean, you guys know. Look up anything Dan Aykroyd's done. Like honestly, Ghostbusters and the Blues Brothers were beautiful flukes. No, it's funny looking back at like what he. <laughs> What he's done and and what he represented there and thinking, oh, how did Ivan Reitman pull you in? You how crazy did John Landis pull him in? <laughs> but you know what? Like when I hear some of the stories like that uh, that Ackroyd had for the Blues Brothers, I'm yep. like, oh, it is a freaking miracle that movie was good. Yeah, I know. Like suddenly, like I'm like, oh, Blues Brothers 2000, that was the norm. Yep. Blues Brothers was supposed to be really bad and wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow anyway. this came out. Anyway, uh, Sherman Smith on Facebook writes to us and says, Why is Batman the TV series so revered and Batman and Robin movie so vilified when they're basically the same? Okay for little kids, older kids and adults, not so much. Well, I disagree with the older kids and adults not so much statement off the right off the bat sherman i you know and you know you, you were you're a steady listener and we i absolutely uh, uh appreciate that and you always leave us feedback and i appreciate that too uh so all due respect but i totally disagree with you uh batman the tv series and batman and robin are, are rife with innuendo and are perfectly fine for adults to enjoy batman and robin though uh when you're a sequel to a traditionally dark and gritty movie series that was, you know, lauded for being so, uh, and, you know, criticized. Batman Returns went a little too far for the same thing. But uh, Batman and Robin was just not what people were looking for, and the plot holes were awful. You know, take what you will from the Batman TV series, but those plots were actually pretty tight, but ridiculous, and ridiculously fun. And uh, I think Batman and Robin is more fun than people remember, but it's also way more boring than I would care to admit. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not. I just admitted it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably why. And but but to be fair, also the Batman TV series, if you remember, uh, when Batman '89 came out, people pissed on the Batman TV series. Like people would scream, "That's not Batman!" I remember. Uh, I liked the Batman TV series, and. and in elementary school, I had kids being like, I can't believe you watched that faggot Batman. And I'm like, dude, he's Batman. That's not the... S- no, what? Why are you being <laughs> weird about Batman? I got beaten up for liking that show. Right. Because Michael Keaton is clearly the only Batman. So I, I would say that there was a fair amount of hatred for the Batman TV series um, at certain points in history. Uh, people didn't want to make a Batman movie because they thought it was going to be the Batman TV series. And when Michael Keaton was cast, they were afraid again that it was going to be the Batman TV series. So I think now in retrospect, uh, retrospect, retrospect, Ah, 50 years, probably a thing we should address at some point. Uh, yeah. 50 years in the Batman TV series is revered. Uh, Adam West just died again. It's very revered. People, you know, get all nostalgic when things like that happen, when big numbers happen and when, uh, people die. And also, you know, Batman and Robin's 20 years old. We were just talking about this on the Dr. Steve episode. Mm-hmm. Batman and Robin's 20 years old. And suddenly there are all these articles out there saying Batman and Robin shouldn't get as much hate as it, as it does. Kind of should. Mm, I, I love, yeah. a, I love a good, I love a good pun as much as the next man. Duly hated. Bad. That that is a um, film that does not hang together. Period. Sorry. Done. And you know, again, 
Batman the TV series not just is externally great for too. It, it's not like a film that was interfered with. It's a <laughs> film that in itself, outside of itself, does not make sense. Yeah, no, and you know the um, and Batman and Robin was very much a a byproduct of a uh, greedy marketing machine, whereas Batman the TV series just ran along with his tongue placed firmly in his own cheek and uh, was really pretty brilliant with uh, how it approached uh, the characters and uh, pop culture at the time. Yeah. So I think that's why there's a difference. It was almost being cheered on by the late 60s. It, it was... Uh... Oh, not even the late 60s. Like It was a smash hit by the late 60s. It was gone. But, I mean, it was only 66 to 69. It existed in the late 60s. But the very fact that like every every uh, every celebrity on television wanted to be on the show. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, wanted a guest star as either a villain or if they, if not that, they could just pop just out of a pop window. Out of the window like, yeah. What are you jackasses doing? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, Martha, now I've seen everything. Martha, why did you say that name, you fiend? Sorry, I had to. And, um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Matthew Ryan Cronin, uh, says, enjoyed the cast with the Dr. Steve. We did too. He says, y'all should have. Y'all should have him on more often. We agree. Especially during this dead time. Yes. Maybe for some random, not even DC stuff. Probably not. <laughs> not what we do. It'll probably be mostly DC. But it'll DC. probably veer there, just because. Yeah. Well, because. Yeah, we accidentally veer off of DC. Yeah, we, we specifically, not, so especially when we have nothing um, uh, too directive on our plate, we'll try yeah. to point a direction, but eh, we're us. Yep, we are us. That 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 might as well be on my tombstone. Well, he was him. You know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I realized that the Suicide Squad cast, uh, or the DC TV Squad cast, you know, in this dead time, they decided to make a podcast that involved multiple things, like Marvel and other, you know, Star Trek, et cetera, et cetera, um, so as not to impede on their DC brand. We just do our show and just talk about that shit anyway. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of ramble around. Yeah, Fans Without Borders, if you guys want to listen to that. It's a, <laughs> it's a good show. Uh, as for us, we'll just randomly go into a Marvel tangent on our show. Um, We're going to do that from, that's from us. time to time. i got to admit, my OCD uh, tendencies kind of favor what they're doing, but I, I can't I can't be bothered to do that myself. Yeah. No, it's, it's actually more fun just to ramble into it, to be honest. It is. But we're not going to become Fat Man on Batman, where we just no, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, we're not going to do like a Batman weird. show and then bless him, do like six years of an amazing Batman show and then wander into just doing everything. <laughs> I haven't listened to Fat Man on Batman for real in a long time. It makes me sad because I enjoyed the show. I really loved the. the first I miss the old show. Anyway, anyway uh, Nathan at Wobbly Boots eighty five on Twitter says, "Great episode featuring Doctor Steve. We need him to watch Batman the Animated Series and give us updates on his experience." Absolutely, yeah. He says he will love it. And I never knew that they told the story of the Lantern who failed to save Krypton. Now I know it's Tomari, and my heart hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of Nathan, he left us a voicemail regarding The Dark Knight Rises. So, uh, I don't know. Here that is. Hey, Davey, Jason. 
This is Nathan, Wobbly Boots 85. I just wanted to call and comment on your, uh, what you guys got to email about the Dark Knight Rises. Myself, personally, I would like you guys. It's not my favorite in the trilogy, especially not in the trilogy, because I didn't, I didn't like that, you know, Batman always wanted to quit being Batman and how everything just, like, got tied up in a, in a little bow. But then I was listening to a podcast, I mean, I want to give credit where credit's due. And they had a guest on, and I want to say it's Jordan Valdez. I could be wrong with the name, so if I if I am, I'm sorry. But they but they explained it in a different way to where, like, this story has – it wraps up Batman's arc. He finally gets a happy ending. And there's not many comics, let alone no movies that do that for him. So when you look at it in that perspective, I kind of I kind of like it a little better. Just, I don't know, to me it makes a little more sense. Like, it was his whole arc, and Batman finally gets a happy ending, and he can just be him. That's all, that's all I wanted to call and comment on. Other than that, you gotta keep up, keep up the great work on the show, and that's all I gotta say. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Okay, so, uh, what do you think, Jason? Um, I, I'm a little torn. I mean, I, I like the idea of any character getting, uh, the full, a happy ending? Three, the, yeah, the full 360 of getting a happy ending, but not like this, and not, I don't want to say not Batman, but not like yeah. this. I'll, I'll be honest. When I first heard it, the, it should the voicemail, feel more earned. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the at the end of the voicemail, my 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 first thought was the only happy ending Bruce Wayne should get is at the end of a massage that Alfred gives him. But then I felt, oh, that's wrong. Yeah, and I shouldn't say that on the that, show. That was a uh, that was a wrong thing, and you're right to edit yourself and to not put it on <laughs> the thing you've already put it on. Oh, damn. I forgot we were recording. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not cutting that shit. I, I'm not going to bother. Me either. <laughs> no. It's happening. But, of course, you know, I I, I, uh, I absolutely, I mean, sure, I think, like, maybe Adam West's Batman should get a happy ending. Maybe. Um, the thing that invalidated it way more, though, was uh, Michael Caine's Alfred being so insistent about him yeah. being a quitter, and then him getting validated made made it seem so much more like he was raising. Uh, uh, like Paul he was Kent trying all to bring in a Man of Steel. <laughs> not even that. Like uh, at least Pa Kent stuck to his guns. Like this guy was just of... like, well, what if you just did this? And I accept that, but eventually didn't do that. No. At least Pa it's, Kent uh, was like, what if you just never showed your face? Right. Well. I'll give absolutism the the upper hand here. I feel like Nolan might have some issues with surrogate fathers not being supportive. <laughs> I don't know, but I wonder if he was a stepchild. It's interesting, interesting thought. I don't know how much uh, Nolan had to do with Pa Kent um, and uh, Eli Ophelders of uh, stealing the remote. Actually, brought it up to me today, like and and reminded me of the fact that uh, they um, the the way they referenced. Uh, Clark or Superman is the dream of a farmer from Kansas. And he mm-hmm. was like, that seemed like a, a weird, a weird retcon of the character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad you have your, 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 your ending to, and wobbly boots, dude, Nathan, you know that we love you, man. Uh, so, you know, no ill will here. No, no feelings hurt, hopefully, but I'm going to go ahead and disagree. I, you know, I, what sucks about Dark Knight Rises more than anything is the fact that it kind of rewrites the Dark Knight, which is my probably my favorite standalone Batman movie of all time. So far, um, yeah, it's just 
it, but it sort of rewrites it and makes me see how much of a dick Bruce was and how much he was trying to get out, like Weasel, out of being Batman. Yeah, I wanted him to double um, down, and he he just yeah. kind of he flaked on me a little bit in in that film, and that that bothered me a lot. Yeah, like at the point of Dark Knight, I'm going like, okay, you're trying to get out because it, I being Batman is a big old scary thing, and I understand. It's a big old scary thing. You want thing. to have a personal life and, and all that. Um, and that's that's fine. That's fine. But that should be addressed um, even. My version, and it's not even my version, is <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Paul Diniverse version of a happy Batman ending. And it's what I've adopted and I can't get over. So, you know, and as I've mentioned on the show before, we all, we're all plagued by uh, by our favorite versions of these characters. So um, this is just what's going to be. My version of a happy ending for Bruce Wayne is Terry McGinnis picking up his pills for him. I know. Period. I I want to say that's that's a strange one, but uh, when you follow the the whole story, it makes a lot of sense. And you're also kind of uh, hedging your bets (laughs) there because (laughs) it's not just him picking the, the pills up. Like You know where that story goes. Yeah, you know, without jumping too far into spoilers, but yeah, we've done it so many times. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, I like know. you. you well, know I was actually specifically thinking about Doctor Steve of that story. But, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, like it, look, the significance yeah. of that moment. Uh, the significance of that moment is that Bruce has a family, but um. But there, there's, there's a uh, like an earned legacy to that part of that story. Well, in that series. And, you know, to me, it just fell flat in the Dark Knight series because of, you know, Bruce is like, I'm going to clean up Gotham. And then he's like, well, okay, maybe, maybe just organized crime. And then it's like, you know what? Rachel died. Screw it. And <laughs> I don't know. And then it's just like, okay, well, now I'll fix this part. But then I'm gone. I'm going to sacrifice myself because some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And then he's in a cafe somewhere with Selena Kyle, who, he ba- who barely knows. He barely knows her. Not that that's ever stopped Bruce from, you know, having sex with a woman before, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I guess she got her clean slate. Um, so happy ending for her anyway. And I guess happy ending for Bruce. I don't know. They never explicitly said that they were they were doing the deed or anything or that they were together, only that she was kind of there with him. <sighs> anyway. Um... Yeah, that happy ending is going to need to be earned, though. You can't just be Batman for a year and a half, take off eight years, and then just be like, well, I'm going to be Batman for about two days. Just doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Doesn't for even me. justify the R&D costs. You know, it it works for a lot of people, and I'm, I'm happy for them. But, you know, anyway, I think that's going to call it for our, our, sh- our movie show. Uh <laughs> Uh, we love you guys. You can find every episode at DCOnScreen.com. We are proud members of the Giants Test Team Up Network, GiantsTestTeamUp.com. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at DC on Screen. And we're going to be coming right back with the DC TV news episode. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.